Let's dive in. We're starting a brand new series, actually today, that we're calling Remember. And uh, let me explain to you real quick why we're calling it this. Um, How many of you have ever had seasons of your life when you're so thankful and you're so grateful that God has provided for you in that season, and then you get out of that season and you go through a really difficult season and you forgot how God provided for you in the past? Anybody ever know? So you ever feel like bipolar? (laughs) You're like, God has been so good to me. Then the next day you're like, oh my God, he's left me, (laughs) right? And so what I want to do is we're going to be actually exploring the book of Exodus Because what we're doing, if you remember the children of Israel, they constantly went through this. Like, God, we're so thankful that you freed us from slavery. God, why did you lead us into the desert? Or God, we're so hungry. Thank you for providing food and letting it rain down from heaven. Or now, God, we're starving. What are we going to do with water? They constantly forgot what God did for them in the past. But our main goal in this series is to hopefully get you to a point where there is some area in your life where you just need to break through. Um, have you ever looked at seasons of your life or maybe there's a sin pattern in your life or maybe there's something, just a roadblock in your life where you're like, I need a breakthrough. Show of hands, how many say, I need a breakthrough this morning? Breakthroughs start with remembering. Breakthroughs start with remembering. So here's what I want you to know. This is kind of the main theme for this series. Breakthroughs are not one-time events. They are daily events where our faith is shaken, but God still comes through anyway. That's what a breakthrough is. Here's what, here's what we often feel like, that we want God to touch us right now, and then ultimately everything's good. Like, God, just zap me with faith right now so I can have faith for the rest of my life. Ever think like that? Like, God, just provide for me now so that I'll be okay for the rest of my life. But the truth is, that's not how God works. If you want a breakthrough, If you want to have genuine faith in your life, you're going to have to understand one common denominator. It is going to come day by day, day by day. But what if I told you this morning that your faithfulness or that the faithfulness of God was not contingent on your performance? What if I told you that your faith will be built up if you could just remember how God, how good God has been to you in your past? How many of you, just show of hands, like God has come through for you before? You're praying for something, and you're believing for something, and then he shows up and he comes through. And then you fast forward a few months down the road or a year down the road, and you're crying out and you're believing and you're trusting, and he's not coming through in your timing. <laughs> and you're like, man, God's forgotten me. What the heck is going on? So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Exodus 16. But before we read it, I want to give you a little bit of context of what's actually going on in chapter 15, okay? So chapter 15, this is right where, if you, if you remember the story, if you didn't grow up in church, I'll give you just a quick highlight. This is right where we have the children of Israel who are in slavery in Egypt, okay? They are slaves to the Egyptians. Now, how many know if you were a slave, like, you don't have rights, you don't have freedom, you don't get to enjoy the luxuries of life, you're a slave, Right? So for 215 years, keep that in mind, 215 years, these people have been crying out for freedom, like God set us free. So finally, God sends Moses to them, and remember all the plagues that happened, the locusts, the water turns to blood, all this finally softens Pharaoh's heart, and he's like, get these people out of here because they're wreaking havoc to my kingdom. So God sets these people free. And then they go on to this journey, and they're heading out to to what they think is going to be the promised land. 
And they're heading out on their journey, and Pharaoh changes his mind. He says, you know what? Send the army after the children of Israel. I want them back as slaves. And they get to this Red Sea where they realize, oh my gosh, the army is right behind us, and we have this sea in front of us. We're going to die. And you remember the famous story. God splits open the sea. The children of Israel walk through it. This is, keep in mind, this is about a million people that are walking through the sea. Okay? So the children of Israel walk through this sea, and as Pharaoh's army comes in to follow them, the waters swallow up the army. So they see this miracle. So they're finally free, okay? They're finally free of the Egyptians. And it says that they go out into the wilderness, and you have all these people that Moses is leading, and like, okay, what now, right? What now? So they go out for a few days, and they finally realize, oh my goodness, we're out here by ourselves. We have nothing to drink, no water. And so here's where we pick up the story, okay? Now, but I want you to keep something in mind. They've been freed from 215 years of slavery. They just saw the miracle of the Red Sea. God also is, is about to bring them to a place where finally um, he listens to all their complaining, and God gives them water, and they go up to drink it, and the water is actually bitter. And they go, okay, you've finally given us water, God, but it's not even drinkable. So God commands Moses, he said, just throw your staff in the water, and it'll turn to, it'll turn to sweet water. So they see, like, all of a sudden, they have all these miracles taking place, Exodus 16, chapter 1, I mean, verse 1. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had had left Egypt, the whole company of Israel moved on from Elam to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. The whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron there in the wilderness. Now watch what they said. The The Israelites said, Why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt? Where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat. You've brought us out into this wilderness to starve us to death, the whole company of Israel. I want you to notice something. Notice how quickly they forgot what God has done for them. And in them forgetting what God has done to them, they're begging to go back to be slaves. Think about that for a moment. They're freed for 215 years. They've been crying out and pleading with God, set us free. And God finally sets them free in a moment of discomfort has them begging to go back to slavery. See, the moment of discomfort leads them to begging to be slaves again. Now remember, for 215 years, they've been controlled by the Egyptians. As I said earlier, slaves don't have rights. Slaves don't own anything, but yet they would rather be slaves because they don't want to embrace the unknown. Because now they're in a space where they're going, we don't know what's going to happen. You ever been there before? You ever find yourself in the unknown and you're like, God, I just want to go back to, I'll struggle just a little bit as long as I can know what's going on. I want to be in control. But I want you to understand this. This is huge. If you are unwilling to endure the unknown, you have already made a decision to forfeit your future. You've already made a decision to forfeit your future. If you are unwilling to embrace the uncomfortable, you forfeit your future. I wonder how many times we have slid back into slavery simply because we were uncomfortable. Simply because we walked into this desert, this wilderness, just like the children of Israel and go, oh goodness, what are we going to do? There's no water. (laughs) There's no food. 
but yet they're not remembering how good God has been to them in the past. You know, I can read these scriptures, and honestly, I can look at my own life. And we're so forgetful, aren't we? We look at seasons where God is fully taking care of you. And then you get into a season where you have a little bit of the unknown and some shaky ground and some things ruffling up and things stirring up, and you totally forget what God has done for you in the past. Let's keep reading. Exodus 16, 11, 11 through 12. said, God spoke to Moses. Now watch this. This is huge. I've listened to the complaints of the Israelites. So for like about 15 days, they've been complaining. Why are we in the wilderness? This sucks. It's hot out here. I don't like it. Like I'm wandering around. I don't have food. What are we going to do? I've listened to the complaints of the Israelites. Now tell them, at dusk you will eat meat, and at dawn you will eat your fill of bread, and you'll realize that I am God, your God. So I love the picture that we get here of God. God says, I've heard your complaints. I've listened to your whining. I know your needs, and this displays the compassion and the empathy that God has for where you are at right now. Even though you may be complaining, God hears you. (laughs) Even though you may not be like praying as you, you may be walking around pouting every single day about your situation, but I want you to know God sees you and he knows you. And it says he hears the endless complaining, but watch this, he still meets their need. He hears their worry, he hears their fears. I think sometimes we genuinely believe that if God's going to take care of me, then I can't worry. I can't have any fear, I can't complain about anything. But God sees their worries, their fears, their apprehension, their nervousness about where they're at, their new territory, the unknown, and he says, hold on, let me just show you how good I am. (laughs) Let me just show you that I am God. Now, I'm speculating here, so I'm, I'm making this up, okay? Um, but I'm just thinking that this possibly happened within the story. So God tells Moses, okay, you read the text, it says that he sends a, this flock of quail, they have all the meat, and he provides bread and all this stuff. Now, I'm just assuming out of the million plus people of the children of Israel, there's probably one wise guy that speaks up, right? You know that guy that says everything that everybody else wants to say, but nobody is bold enough to say? I'm sure there's one guy that at least spoke up like, God, uh, I know you just sent meat and bread. That's awesome. But we're going to be out here for 40 years. What about all the other days? Like, Lord, appreciate the meat. It's awesome. We're good now. But what about tomorrow? <laughs> and like, is, it, wouldn't that be what you're thinking? Like, Thank you for the quail. It was awesome. We had a great barbecue. Everybody's bellies are filled. But like, what are we going to do about tomorrow? And I love how God kind of typically responds to this kind of guy in the story. Watch what he says. Exodus 16, 15 through 20. When the layer of dew had lifted, there on the wilderness ground was a fine flaky something. (laughs) Fine as frost on the ground. The Israelites took one look at it and said to one another, manna, meaning what is it? They had no idea what it was. So Moses told them, you idiots, it's bread. (laughs) I'm translating here. It's bread that God has given to you to eat it. And these are God's instructions. Now, this is huge. Gather enough for each person About two quarts per person, gather enough for just everyone in your tent. Now, right here, 
we see another miracle take place. God just provided the quail and the meat. The Red Sea has parted. The water has been turned from bitter to sweet. Now he's raining down food from heaven in the form of dew. And we read again, Exodus 16, verse 17 through 18. The people of Israel went to work and started gathering some more. Now, you got two camps of people in here. Some gathered more, some gathered less. But when they measured out what they had after they were all done gathering it, I love this is how God works. Those who gathered more had no extra, and those who gathered less weren't short. Each person had gathered as much as was needed. Now watch what Moses said. This is, this is huge. Don't leave any of it until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Let me, let me translate what's going on here. When he says, don't leave, he says, don't grab any for tomorrow. Grab enough for today, and that's it. Just get what you need for today. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all you need to gather. Don't gather any for tomorrow. Well, the wise guy spoke up again and said, well, Moses, if it's all here right now, I'm taking it, right? Because we got the, the, I need groceries for the week. Daddy's got to feed some babies, right? But it says, they didn't listen to Moses And a few of the men kept back some until the morning. And now watch this. It got wormy and smelled bad, and Moses lost his temper with them. So the manna that they collected for the following, like they ate enough for that day, God provided for that day, but the manna that they had gathered for extra for the next day, it was rotten by the time they got to it. So this is huge. Why did Moses, or why did God instruct the people, only grab what you need for today? Because this is what God is trying to get across to the children of Israel, and this is what I believe that God is trying to get across to us today. He's saying, gather just enough for today, and you'll have to trust me for tomorrow. (laughs) Gather just enough for today. If you want a breakthrough, you're going to have to trust me for tomorrow. I don't write the full story, right? Every day, it's day by day. This is how faith works. Every single, you gather enough for today, and if you try to gather enough for tomorrow, guess what? I'm going to make it rot. And it won't be good. You can try to do it on your own. You can try to take it into your own hands. But guess what? It won't be of God. See, learning to trust Jesus is a day-by-day practice, not a one-time event. It's a day-by-day practice. And many of us are in seasons like this right now. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. Like, you've got to trust God every single, like, this has to work. Sure, would it be nice to just have money rain down from heaven and all of your worries are all figured out? But guess what? God is after designing and structuring your integrity and your character and he's working on your sanctification process, all these kind of things because he wants to grow you up. See, even if you try to gather more than you should, God says, I'll cause it to rot. So then we move down to Exodus 16, verse 21 through 22. So watch. They gathered it every morning, each person according to the need, and then watch this, the sun heated it up and it melted. So they woke up in the morning, they gathered what they needed, and then it was gone. They had enough for every day. But if we're honest, do you ever just not want to struggle? (laughs) Show of hands, how many of you would just say, God, I just don't want to struggle this week? God, just give me a shot of faith now. Like, can you bottle that up like a Red Bull? I can drink it. I just feel good now. Do you ever just wish you didn't have to worry about your bank account? 
do you ever just wish that your spouse would do what you ask them to do? <laughs> do, do you ever just wish your, cat, your kids would act like angels in public, like, son, act right? <laughs> but I need you to hear this. Because this is going to set the precipice of everything that we talk about for the next few weeks. You can't receive a promise without going through the process. You can't receive a promise without going through a process. So here's what I mean. The children of Israel, they set off into the wilderness to this land that God promised them. But here's what he says. You can't get that land until you grow up. Because if I gave it to you right now, guess what? You wouldn't be mature enough. You wouldn't steward it. You wouldn't take care of it. You can't have the promise unless you're willing to go through the process. See, the children of Israel were in process for 40 years before they received the promise. Now, I believe they stayed in the desert for 40 years. Actually, historians actually look at it. The walk from Egypt all the way to the promised land to where they came out of, if you were to walk there, it would have took about two months. They stayed there for 40 years. Like either Moses was a horrible navigator. <laughs> like that brother needs like maps, Google Maps, something, you know. But why so long? I think it's two things. Number one, they continued to forget about God's provision. And number two, they were unwilling to go through the process of pain to grow up. Therefore, God had to keep them in the desert for 40 years until they could learn what he was trying to teach them. Listen, if you find yourself in a wilderness today, right now, I want you to understand that God has intentionally put you in a process to grow something inside of you. And if you constantly keep resisting it, guess what? You stay in process and you don't receive the promise that God has for you. So why do we often avoid the process? Why do we avoid this? When I say process, I'm talking about sanctification, like this idea of growing up in our faith. Why do we avoid it? Because the truth is, sometimes the process can feel like losing. <laughs> I want you to understand this, that everyone who walks with the Lord experiences the same kind of process if you do it right. Meaning, there have been seasons in my life where I feel like I'm doing great. Where I feel like I'm slaying major sin, I'm conquering ground for the Lord, I'm not struggling, there's seasons of little suffering... And I feel like this, this connection between me and God is unhindered. Like I just have a direct line to heaven. I, I have seasons like that where I feel like, man, me and God are doing well. Everything in my life is going well. But then I also have seasons filled with defeat, loss, affliction, and silence. And here's the truth. In those moments, I'm tempted to tank, right? In those moments, I'm continuing to say, you know what, forget this process. I'm going to go do it on my own. But I have to remember that those seasons are what lead to growth. So here's what you have to do this morning. If you find yourself in process, you have to learn to trust the process. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 puts it this way. May God himself... The God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit and soul and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master. Watch this. Jesus Christ, the one who called you, is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. 
So listen, if God has started a work in you right now, he's not just going to leave you there. But isn't that the fear? Like, God, you started something in me. I'm starting, to give my, I'm starting to give myself fully to you. But you have to remember this. The process that you're walking through right now, God is the one that put you there in the first place. He's the one that started it. So he's not just going to leave you there. Think about this. God is the one who sent the children of Israel into the wilderness. He told Moses, lead them this way. So oftentimes when you find your season, when you find yourself in seasons of wilderness, when you find yourself in seasons of like bewilderment and you don't understand what's going on, could it be possible that God has actually led you there because he wants to do something inside of you? See, eventually you'll take the promise for granted if you're not willing to go through the process. It's this idea, this analogy between a rental car and you owning a car. You ever get a rental car, like you, you, you fly, you go on vacation somewhere, or you're up somewhere for business, and you get a rental car, and you drive that thing like mad, right? You're not worried about it. Did I check the oil? Is this good? Are the tires? You're not worried about any of that stuff. Why? Because you don't own the car at all. But when you're driving your own car, man, you're making sure that everything's right, it's clean, it's all this kind of stuff. See, God wants you to be owners, not renters of what you're going through. To own the process of like, man, this is hard, it's difficult. I may feel like I'm in this wilderness right now. But listen, God's placed you there intentionally for a reason. And, and listen, we're all humans. There's going to be times where, we, where we're in process and we're walking through the process and we don't feel like going through it. And it's okay to admit that. <laughs> I don't want this. The children of Israel admitted it plenty of times. I don't want to be here. But you have to remember this. God will not leave you undone. He will not leave you undone. Philippians 1 verse 6 puts it this way. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Man, if God started something in you, he's going to complete that work in you. And you have to learn to trust the process. And, and, and here's what happens. When God comes into your life, the best analogy that I can give is this is usually what it looks like. Has anybody ever remodeled a house in here? I, I never have, and I probably never will, because that, that whole process sounds t- terrifying to me. Um, but when you go and you remodel a house, and especially if you're a visionary, you have a vision for this house. You might bring other people in, and man, they see like just, you know, this shack, right? And they're like, what are you going to do with this? But like, no, no, I have a plan. I have a vision, Right? And so you're walking through the house, and what are you, your friends may look at it and say, so what are you going to do? You're just going to throw up sheetrock on the walls and, you know, make it nice and clean lines. In your mind, you're thinking it's something totally different. I'm going to move this wall here. I'm going to open the living room up here. These rooms are going to be bigger. I'm going to rearrange the kitchen to put it on this side. And listen, that's what God does when he comes into our life. We want God to just, God, just put up the sheetrock, just move a little wall. And God says, no, 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 if you want me to take over, I'm coming to remodel the entire house. And you're going to have to trust my process of how I work through this. So when he comes into the confines of your life, he's not just saying, no, I'll just throw up the sheetrock. We'll just move this. He said, no, no, remove the living room over here. It flows better right here. 
We're going to move this room over here because it looks better right here. We're going to change this paint color to this because it works better. And in your mind, you're like, no, God, I just wanted you to move a few walls and just that's all I wanted. You have to understand if you're going to follow Jesus, it's his process, not yours. It's his process, not yours. Because I want you to understand something. When you feel like God is being mean to you, (laughs) when you feel like he's angry at you, I want you to understand something. As human beings, we only see in part the plan. You only see a piece of the pie. God has this zoomed out perspective and he's saying, listen, if you could just go through this process, I see everything mapped out on a timeline, how this is going to go. How this needs to work. He has a much broader view than we do. It's the same idea of when you get into an airplane and you finally fly over a city and you can kind of see how things are structured and laid out. You have a totally different perspective. Let me maybe reorient it for you this way. To trust the process day by day is to trust Jesus. To trust the process day by day is to trust Jesus. We, we all say that, oh yeah, I trust in the Lord. Do you really? Do we really? What do you lay up awake late at night at bed worrying about? What are you anxious about? What are you depressed about? What are you fearful about? And I'm not saying that we detach our humans. I mean, we're human. You know, we all have these things. But to trust the process that God has you on right now is to trust his perfect good will and plan for your life. And that can be difficult because oftentimes, let's just be honest, he usually has a different direction than you see it going. (laughs) You want to go east and he wants to go west. You want to follow this way and he says, no, 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 that, that might be a good plan for, you know, maybe the next few weeks, but I'm thinking the long term here. We talk about this as pastors a lot, is as a Christ follower, you have to understand that we are in it to play the long game, not the short game. The short game is, God, give me a download now, speak to me, give me some word, revelate, like, fill up my spirit, tell me what to do right now, make me feel better right now, and God says, no, no, no. I want you to have character like 10 years from now. I want you to be able to trust me when the road gets bumpy and rocky 10 years from now. So what I'm going to do is I'm playing the long game here. I'm building foundations in your life. I'm going to build some foundations and it's going to take a long time and it's going to take some work and it's going to take some time. But this is how he does it. So before I close today, I want you to understand that breakthroughs are not one-time events. They're day by day, trusting in God when our faith is shaken, but God still comes through anyway. See, that's what faith really is, isn't it? When you feel like you're standing on shaky ground and God says, hold on, it's, it's gonna be all right. Trust the process. So as we walk throughout this series over the next few weeks, I just want to encourage you with one thing. 
to just get inside of your mind, if you could just let this kind of just cement there. Something to pray through, something to think through after this day is over. That God, help me to see a breakthrough. Help me to see faith as something that I need every single day. Can I tell you something? The connection that you have with God right now will not be enough for tomorrow. It's this daily tapping into this power source, this connection. This is why if if you were here this morning, we did Next Step at 9 o'clock right before the service. That's why we care about those things. It's why we talk about life groups. It's why we want you to be involved in the life of this church. Because can I be honest with you? Sunday's not enough. Because you can get encouraged here, but guess what happens? Monday's still coming. (laughs) You sit at your job and with your boss who doesn't like you. (laughs) People that don't like you. You get bumped. You get moved. You get discouraged. You get anxious. You get depressed. All these things that happen. And if you're not daily connected to other people and God, listen, you're in bad shape. And guess what happens? We become just like the children of Israel and we forget. We forget that God has been so good to us in the past. And that God actually cares about our future. And listen, just like that song says, it's so powerful. God will continually do it again and again and again. And sometimes he holds out and he waits. Not because he's mean, not because he's angry, but guess what? But he's because he cares about building foundations, because he wants us to grow, because he understands that working through the pain and the hard times and the difficulties of life causes us to grow up. You know what I don't want to see in this church? Well, we're so I don't want to see a bunch of older people that have served Jesus for 20 years and are still infants in their faith. It, it has like what we do in here has to translate for the rest of the week, right? So we have to get connected. We have to dive in. We have to learn that this is a day by day process.